All right, it is three minutes past 11 and we've got a couple guests to talk about what's going on with the undergraduate research conference here at Minnesota State University. That is coming up in April, April 12th. And with me this morning, I've got a professor who is working with a student who is going to be presenting at that conference, Dr. Samantha Katner, who is with the biochemistry department specializing in biochemistry of cancer and therapeutics in the College of Science, Engineering, and Technology. Good morning, Dr. Katner. Great to have you in the studio. We have with you your student, and that is Rachel Van Coolen, who is a senior here at Minnesota State majoring in biochemistry. Yep. And talk about your background. Where are you from? What made you come to Minnesota State? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm from Marshall, Minnesota, and I came to Minnesota State Mankato for uh, actually for the nursing program because I was originally planning on becoming a nurse. But I ended up taking a biochemistry course and I loved it and I had a little career change and now I want to go into cancer research. That's wonderful because a lot of people, when they say chemistry, they're, they're scared. They say, oh my gosh, chemistry, it's so hard and stuff. But the fact that you took it and it just led you to a, another place on your path to your career. So that's great. So now the undergraduate research conference is where students work alongside a professor in yes, spe right. specific research. And I would like you, Dr. Katner, to talk about a little bit, wh what is your research all about? So the project that uh, Rachel is on is about glioblastoma, which is a type of brain cancer that is pretty deadly. So her research has been looking at potential targets therapeutic targets or drug targets for that cancer. And there's these certain molecular targets on the cell surface. So there, there are these carbohydrates that are expressed in some or abundant in some uh, glioblastomas and not others. And we've seen in the clinic how some treatments are more effective if you don't have these carbohydrates on the cell surface, but we don't really have any effective treatments for when you do have these carbohydrates on the cell surface. And Rachel, what brought you to do the research with Dr. Katner? Did she approach you, you approach her, or how does that work in the undergraduate research? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I knew that I wanted to be involved in research in some capacity, so I browsed the website of all of the professors at MSU, and I found that Dr. Katner did really interesting stuff with glioblastoma, and I knew that that's what I wanted to go into, and I was really intrigued with all the really cool stuff that she was doing. So I approached her, and I asked if I could join her lab, and she said yes, and that's how we started. So what does that look like, a professor? mentoring a student. Is there more than one student working with you on this project? Is it just Rachel? How, do, how does that all work together so people who maybe aren't familiar with it understand? Right. So for my lab, I have several students working on a similar project. So the overall arching project is on glioblastoma, but Rachel has a piece of that pie. Um, so Rachel is looking specifically at doing modeling some tumors that are spheroids, so growing the actual glioblastoma tumors, whereas some of um, our, my other students might be doing more uh, other drug studies looking at proliferation. So we kind of divvy up, and because the undergraduate students do not have uh, a very flexible schedule to do research, or a lot of research, they they often have each other help each other out to get a project done um, or an experiment done that week. And Dr. Katner, what does most of your research revolve around? You mentioned this is one project. So what other sorts of things are you doing here at Minnesota State? I also have another project looking at those carbohydrates on cancer cell surface in liver cancer. So 
uh, hepatocellular carcinoma would be the other project that I have. Okay, and you have students working with that as well? Yes, yep. So currently I have 11 students. So about uh, about five of them are working on the glioblastoma and about six of them are working on the the liver cancer um, project. And we usually typically have a mixture of student populations. So I have three freshmen and I also have three seniors and then um, students in between here. So the seniors help train the freshmen as well. So they get leadership and training opportunities as well in the lab. Um, So they typically take one or two credits. If they're training a student, they take two credits of research to help cover that training. And I like to have my lab where everyone helps each other out. So it's a very collaborative environment because that's how research should be. It should be very collaborative. So not one person really owns um, their own project, but they can call a piece of that pie that they've worked on the most. So Rachel, did you start as a freshman then doing this research or did you start later on? Um, I joined my the summer after my sophomore year. So I got to have some one-on-one um, training with Dr. Katner that summer, uh, which was really great uh, to learn just how to do all the basic lab techniques and everything. Would you talk a little bit about what you do as, as a student who is doing research? What sorts of, I don't know, procedures or do you just research papers? Do you do stuff in the lab or what does it all entail? Yeah, so there is kind of some background of like looking, reading papers and like deciding what procedures we want to try next. Uh, Right now we're working on something very exciting. We're making, like Dr. Katner just mentioned, making tumors and then we're testing them with different chemotherapeutics like the current ones that are being used for glioblastoma and then some novel compounds that target the specific proteins that we're looking at and have some really promising results with that, which is really cool. This is probably a dumb question, but how do you create a tumor? (laughs) (laughs) That's not a dumb question. (laughs) We basically have a a plate that has a round bottom. And then when we plate the cells into that, we centrifuge it down, which means we spin it really fast and they all kind of aggregate together into a ball rather than uh, just making like a single layer of cells on the bottom of the plate because of that spinning action of the centrifuge. What kind of cells are these? I'm just trying to picture what where do you get these from? Yeah, they are murine cells, which means they're from mice. Okay. Um, and they are taken from actual glioblastoma tumors in these mice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very interesting. So now you will take this research that you've done and present it somewhere. And that's the whole thing. I know at the, the Undergraduate Research Symposium here at Minnesota State, they'll have a, a lot of students in all different colleges. You happen to be in science, engineering, technology to give their presentations. Do you do this uh, verbally? Do you do it on a poster? Or what can we expect? Yeah, so I will have a poster at that conference. And then I'll also I'll be standing next to it. And people can come up to my poster and ask questions. And I'll kind of walk them through what we did and how we developed our cell lines and performed all of our experiments. And yeah, that's kind of how it's going to look. And then in a couple of weeks, we're also going to be presenting our research in New Orleans at the American Association of Cancer Research. Um, Is it prestigious and honored to be selected to present research, Dr. Katner? Oh, yes. Going to that conference is an international conference where experts from around the world in different cancer fields come come together and show their research. And it's a great opportunity to bring students. So I have Rachel coming and I have two other students that are working on the other project for liver cancer that are coming with me as well. And so it's a great experience for them to see other cancers and as well as what's happening in the field right now. 
Are you essentially developing a cure for cancer or just looking how to slow it down or what exactly, if you had to summarize it in a layperson's <laughs> term? <laughs> um, so not, not a cure, um, but a treatment that can delay the progression. Yep. Okay. Very interesting. So mm -hmm. quite an honor. And I assume that then that means you will do these presentations, probably publish some things. Yeah, hopefully we'll have um, enough data to publish our results in a peer reviewed journal in the coming months, hopefully. Um, yeah, we're, we're hoping to submit a paper this this summer, a small paper in a peer reviewed journal. Yeah. So Dr. Katner, when somebody gets to do this research and does a paper or a poster, are we assuming they've discovered something new or are they just replicating other research that's been done or, you know, moving things forward or what part are they playing in, in the overall research of cancer in this case? Right. So when you when you publish something, it's going to be something that's novel or new ah. and it's helped moving the field forward. So it's, there's a scale of novelty to it. Okay. Though. Like something can be very novel where no one has ever thought about that before or someone hasn't done that before, but it, it seems the next logical step that you would do for um, that experiment or that, that, that story. So Rachel, on a scale of novel or very novel, where would you say the research you're, you're doing on glioblastoma? Glioblastoma, yes. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so we are looking at a specific protein and it's been shown to be linked to or correlated with uh, lower survival rates oh. in other types of cancer. Um, and then also kind of in glioblastoma um, in a more theoretical sense of like just looking at the data that is out there um, in a bioinformatics sense. But then we are developing, we have developed a line of cells, which means we've conducted gene editing on these oh. cells to create like a whole new line of cells. Is that, that the CRISPR thing? Yes. The CRISPR, okay. yes. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have heard that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, we have developed a new cell line that doesn't have those proteins in it. So then we have established that in an actual physical sense of it, we have uh, deleted those proteins and now we can compare them um, in physical results. So I would say it's, I don't know, Dr. Catter, what would you say? How I wouldn't say it's the most novel thing, but it, it's definitely up there. Okay. So, so very proud to have someone doing that and presenting that. Mm -hmm. You've been here for four years as a, a professor. You mentioned you're from Vermont originally. Mm -hmm. What other sorts of research have you had students take to these symposiums? I've had students take before COVID hit. Yes, right? <laughs> yeah, that was kind of <laughs> ending a lot of No, things. no, that's okay. I've had students take projects where they've they've helped created some of those cell lines that Rachel mentioned through CRISPR because it does take a while to develop those cell lines. So um, Rachel helped with that, but I had students that were working on it prior before she came that took that initial data to conferences to show how we conducted those knockouts or removal of that gene. And then I've had students go to conferences for the uh, liver cancer side, different experiments. We also use CRISPR editing, but we doing it on a different protein and uh, other assays. Are there awards or rewards or things that you get when you go to these conferences? For example, the undergraduate research conference that they come and say, this is outstanding work and yeah, um, so when students present, they can get the Outstanding Presentation Award. Okay. I think some of my students have gotten that in the past. Because I see it's coming up on Tuesday, April 12th, and it's called Intent to Present. 
basically you do your presentation online so people I think can observe it as well it says it's not only in person this year which of course of COVID it hasn't been but it looks like some of it's going to be online asynchronous as well is yours do you know uh yeah uh we opted to present ours in person so that we okay. can have a physical poster um and talk to people in person rather than just creating a video. Uh, I think that's what the virtual one is, uh, creating a video of yourself talking about it, but I think we liked the um, option to have people ask questions. Do you know, Dr. Katner, of other topics that might be from your colleagues that are being uh, looked at? Uh, there's a wide variety of topics that are that are covered there, um, especially in the biology and chemistry programs too. I know some of my colleagues are, are working on thyroid diseases, and um, some of my other colleagues are working at the metabolism of vitamin A, and then one of my other colleagues is working on parts of heart disease. Oh, really? So mm -hmm. how would you describe then the level of research done here at Minnesota State? Because we're not the University of Minnesota, which is considered a big research institute, yet a lot of it seems like it's going on here at Minnesota State Mankato. Right. That university, what we would call an R01 university, where they they have the professors are mostly doing research, and then you have separate professors that might teach classes, whereas here, we're teaching the classes and doing research, um, and our labs are mostly undergrad, whereas at the University of Minnesota, they have, I don't really want to speak for them because I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not a professor there, but they have mostly graduate students or postdocs. So w what makes ours different is it's mostly undergrad. We give a lot of research experiences to undergrads. From what I've observed at other universities, we're probably high on giving research opportunities to undergrads, which is pretty rare to do. And it's interesting that you say that because you mentioned when you came here first, Rachel, that you were thinking about going into nursing, then you had a biochemistry class, and now you actually get to do that research. How has that formed your thoughts on what you want to do for your future? Yeah, now I am um, in the process of applying to graduate schools and uh, selecting one. Basically, I want to get my PhD, uh, just like Dr. Katner, and go into <laughs> cancer research, hopefully to help develop better treatments and um, yeah, and I think my nursing background, I used to work as a CNA, and I oh. think that does kind of play a role in it because I had taken care of hospice patients who were dying of glioblastoma, and it kind of oh. came full circle, and we got to do research on it. But when you came to college, that wasn't specifically, you didn't think, I'm going to do cancer research. No, no, that wasn't on my radar at all. So it was really cool that I got to meet Dr. Katner and have such a great influence. And you're from Marshall, Minnesota, so smaller town. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how is it being at a bigger university here for maybe students who are listening and saying, oh, it's kind of big. It's like 15,000 students. I found it to be very homey, even though it is a little bit bigger than Marshall. But it's a great place for um, developing friendships and also having great opportunities that maybe wow. students at the U of M also have doing research and everything. But to be at a smaller university and still have those great opportunities is really cool. So do you graduate this spring then? I do, yes. And how does that go then next? you look for a grad school? Yes, yes. So I have gone through the process of applying and interviewing, um, and I received a couple acceptances, and at this point it's kind of just deciding which Where is going to be go. the best fit. Mm -hmm. And then so you've got a long row, so to speak, because going on to doctorate then, so another four or so years? Yeah, five years okay. average, on average. <laughs> okay. uh, but it's kind of the first year you take a lot of classes. And then after that, it's just however long it takes you to get as much research done um, to earn your PhD. 
So on average, it's about five. So Okay. Mm-hmm. And Samantha, where did you do your undergraduate work then? And, and then your graduate and on to come to Minnesota State? Yeah, my undergraduate research was, uh, my undergraduate was in um, St. Lawrence University. So that's upstate New York. Okay. And then graduate school was at the um, Virginia Commonwealth University. So that's in Virginia, Richmond, Virginia. Did you go to, into school thinking, I'm going to study cancer? What was your path? Right. So after undergraduate, I knew I wanted to be a professor of biochemistry, but I didn't really know what type of research I wanted to get into. I had done genetic research at St. Lawrence University looking at Membranipra membracea, which is just this organism that looks like snot on an algae. (laughs) 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 So um, I love that. It could only go up from there. (laughs) Right? So I didn't really know what to do for uh, research-wise because when you're applying to uh, getting your PhD, there's a lot of different choices that you can choose, like for research-wise, what areas you can go into. And I, I just loved everything. So I actually got as a research specialist, a job at the University of Virginia. And I worked there for three years, and I uh, got some publications, and I learned a lot of skills from there that I applied to graduate school. So I kind of took a unconventional route where I went from undergrad, and then I worked for three years, and then went to graduate school. And I knew while I was doing a research specialist that I had tried like leishmaniasis, which is a parasitic disease, so an infectious disease. And I, so I, I've tried Alzheimer's disease research too. And uh, that lab was really huge. So it had a lot of different areas that I got to be exposed to. And just cancer research was my favorite. And then I went to Commonwealth University and I met my PI, uh, my PhD advisor, Dr. Farrell, who was doing research in breast cancer. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So from there, it, it developed into this. What yes. is that mentor-mentee relationship like? Because it seems like Minnesota State, because of this university, uh, has the Undergraduate Research Symposium. A lot of those relationships exist. Explain how that that works. Yeah, for that relationship to develop, the student usually approaches the professor saying that they, they're interested in the research, that they'd like to join their lab. And then we as a professor look to see how f- if we have any spots open in our lab and how flexible their schedule is to do research and really kind of gauge their enthusiasm towards the project. We might send them home with a paper to read, and if we hear back from them, then we know that they're eager. Sometimes we send them a paper and we don't hear back from them. So I like to pick students that are eager for the project, that are interested, because then they're going to want to come. Once once we've established that, yes, you're going to work in the lab, then we sit down and make a schedule, and we usually have some one-on-one training. I do have some of the more senior lab mates train the students as well, but I am there one-on-one, and I'm there to answer questions and also guide them through the theories of why we're doing the experiment and why each step is important. Yeah, and Dr. Katner's uh, an outstanding mentor, and she actually has. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> she received an award for being the yeah. outstanding um, I was research undergraduate mentor. research. I was mentor. just going <laughs> to say that I said uh, Dr. Katner was awarded 
The URC is pleased to present the Outstanding Research Mentor Award to Dr. Samantha Katner. This award is given annually to a faculty member who shows exemplary dedication to undergraduate research, scholarly and creative activities, and outstanding mentorship. And you were the 2021 recipient, and you are going to be the keynote speaker for the 2022 Undergraduate Research Symposium coming up April 12th. What's your uh, talk going to be, Dr. Katner? Can you give us a little synopsis? Yeah, it will be, uh, thank you for that, but it will be on how I conduct undergraduate research, my, my methods to it, and a little bit about the project as well, too, Okay, about glioblastoma. But it will be a 20-minute talk. I'm not one for talking forever. <laughs> so it'll be a 20-minute talk, and there'll be a few minutes to ask questions if, if you so choose. Coming up on April 12th, you can hear Dr. Samantha Katner do her presentation, and you can see the poster of our other guest, who is a student, Rachel Van Coolen, a senior studying brain cancer. That's really amazing, both of you. Anything else you'd like to add to encourage people to come to the, the conference? There's a lot of research happening at Minnesota State University at Mankato. Um, come see what the students have conducted research all year, and some projects have lasted longer of, longer than a year. So they're quite complex projects, and the students have worked very hard on them, and we have a, a great variety of research projects. Do most students continue doing that research once they graduate in that area, or do some of them switch? Like you said, you took you a while to kind of find your niche. Yeah, so... I'd say it was maybe the like the broad category they would they might continue in like Rachel wants to continue in cancer research. I don't know if she'll continue in glioblastoma, but you can apply a lot of those concepts to other cancers. And I'm sure people who are doing other diseases, they might go to that category like endocrine diseases for the um, thyroid. Any final words from you, Rachel? I think that everyone should come to the URS and listen to people present. Obviously, I think a lot of the research going on there is pretty important and relevant. I think glioblastoma is a great thing to be researching, but there's lots of other really fun and exciting things to learn about, too. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the show. It's been delightful to hear about your research and the, the fact that you are doing such a wonderful job in mentoring our future scientists. Oh, thank you. Thank you both. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks thank for having you. us. Take